The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. All right, we're going to read uh, God's Word. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, so it's really easy to find. It's the first page. So, uh, Or if you have an electronic version, you can do that as well, or it will also be on the, the big Bible on the screen. So um, today we're talking about creation or care of, of our, our creation and world. So as you, uh, as you listen or follow along, think about that. Starting at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and to all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. This is God's word for us today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to speak. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So, growing up, my dad always had animals. Sometimes it was just a cat. Sometimes it was multiple cats. Uh, occasionally, it would be an entire zoo where he would have dogs and cats and birds and critters and land and just all animals all over the place. And I grew up him always taking care of these animals. And while he loved them, there was also a lot of just gruffness about him of like what he had to do. And I, I didn't understand it. Uh, and I remember I was about 19 years old and my dad said, son, one day you're going to have a zoo. And my exact response was, don't put that evil on me, right? Because uh, at the time, I was renting, and I loved renting. Renting was great, because if something went wrong, it wasn't my responsibility. I would just call my landlord and say, hey, refrigerator isn't working. Hey, this issue is happening right now. The idea that I didn't have to own something had a lot of value to me. And so when my dad told me, Josh, one day you're going to have pets, I said, ha, no, I'm not. And then I got married. That is Tom. He came with the house, or more appropriately, he came under the house, uh, and he was the cat that was living there when we got there, and so we thought, well, it's only fair that if he was here before us, he should have some claim on this house. Uh, we named him Tom as in Tomcat. I typically refer to him as Little Bugger or Little Something Else, um, but he isn't that little. Uh, here he's deceptively, like, you look at him and he's, like, proportionally the right size, but he's also the size of a small tiger, um, and so he is just a fat cat who likes to sit between your legs and get pet whenever he wants, right? And I'm learning to appreciate caring for something. And in fact, there's something intrinsic to caring for something alive that is very natural to me that it comes from almost an external place, but it's like, this is part of what I was built to do. When we garden, when we maintain what is creation, this living, organic world that we live in, something deep inside of us connects to it. And what we find in Scripture is that there's a reason for that. 
fact, our purpose in living comes and is attached to the creation, the world that we live in. And that was from that verse that we had just read. So Genesis 1, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds, the sky, over the livestock, all the wild animals, all the creatures that move along the, God, the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He starts and ends that with the same thought. I am going to create mankind in my image, right? It's the beginning, and that's the end. And in between there, he explains what that means. And what he says is, being created in God's image means taking care of the world. See, what we find in Scripture is that God is an artist. He's a creator. It makes sense that Jesus was a carpenter, that he would build things. Our God builds the universe. He creates this wonderful planet, and then he looks down and he says, now I'm going to make mankind to reflect me. And what does that reflection come in? Well, by taking care of the birds and the livestock and the animals. It goes on. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the birds and every living creature on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, every tree that has fruit with the seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts in the earth and all the birds of the sky, all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. Up until this point, every time God makes something, he says, it's good. But he gets to this point, and now he says, and it was very good. Because now, it wasn't just God creating something for himself. God created his sons and his daughters. He puts his image inside of them. And he says, all right, now you're going to be my image bearers. And in the same way that I take care of my creation, you are going to take care of your creation. This is going to be part of your identity. And that's why we garden. And that's why we have pets. Because our core identity is tied to the lifeblood of this planet that we call Earth. Then, of course, something happens in the story. It doesn't just end here and we're just in perfect harmony with creation. No, Genesis 3 happens. And we know the story of the Garden of Eden where we take the apple and we tell God, you know what? We have our own plans for this world. We have our own plans for our life. And all of a sudden, we see separation from God. We see separation from each other. And in Genesis 3, we see the curses. And typically, when we think of curses, we think of them as punishment, right? Like God was mad at us. And so he said, because you did this, now I'm going to hurt you. But that's not how sin works. That's not how God works. Instead, it's not punishment. It's consequences. It's because of this, this is the result. And so when you look at those curses, first it's separation from God, then it's separation from each other, but then we find separation from the world around us. This is Genesis 3:16. To Adam, he, this being God, said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you not, you must not eat from. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. 
since it was from there you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. We find the truth of Scripture is that sin does not nearly separate us from God. It does not separate us from each other. But the actual physical world started to break down. Our role in it started to break down. And what started in the garden as this beautiful living in harmony with God, with each other, and with creation, the world breaks down. Our relation to the world breaks down. And we still certainly see that today. You see death, you see sweating, you see hard work and toil, you see weeds and thistles. It's a broken planet. The story continues on in Scripture, and Jesus comes. He comes to save, to rescue. But even within Scripture, within the early church, there became this myth. And the myth was, because the world is broken, the physical world is bad, the heavenly world is good. And this was actually a part of Greek philosophy. Plato, who most of us learn about in high school, had come up with an idea. He looked at a broken world. He looked at things like cancer and death and aging. And he said, you know what? The physical world is the problem. Because the physical world is the shadow of the intellectual world, of the spiritual world. And he had this concept called the logos. And if you read Plato's writings, this word logos, it's where we get the word logo from, it meant the divine. And his theory was that anything in the physical world is merely a shadow of the ideal, of the divine. And so if you think of a flower, he would say, the flower is a shadow, it's good, but it's not the perfect flower. Because one day this flower is going to decay. One day this flower is going to die. This table in front of me, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, will start to rust. It will start to break down. It's not eternal. It's temporal. And so Plato said the physical was bad. The intellectual and the spiritual was good. And so he had this divide that happened. And when the church comes, when Christ comes, the church started to take on this thought process that the physical world was the problem and that the spiritual and the intellectual world, that's what God really cared about. And what we find in Scripture is no. In fact, this was so much of a no that one of our books of the Bible is written for it. Our next series, we're going to be going through each of the Gospels, and we're going to be talking about what was the point of Matthew, what was the point of Mark. But the point of John was specifically to address what we would consider a heresy, a false teaching of the church. And that teaching was physical world bad, spiritual world good, Right? John 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word. Now this word is lagos, right? This is that Platonic idea of the divine, the good, the perfect, the ideal. And he says, In the beginning was the Word, was the lagos, the divine, and the divine was with God, and the divine was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. If you were an early Christian, in fact, if you were a Platonic thinker, you would hear this and you would be like, yes, that's right. The divine, the intellectual, the spiritual, that is what God is. And then just a couple verses later, verse 14, the divine became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That literally would have been a double take. What? No, 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 no. The divine can't come to the world. 
The world's the broken place. He'll get infected. He'll be destroyed. He'll become a shadow of what he's supposed to be. And what Scripture says is no. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling. The Greek there is he pitches his tent. He lives among us. God made a very clear statement in history in saying this idea that the spiritual world is better than the physical world is not of me. It's not the point. And I'm going to prove it, he says. In fact, one of our most well-versed Bible verses comes from John 3.16, and we typically take this verse and we take it as an individual verse, and yet what does it say here? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Notice how it does not say, for God so loved humanity. It doesn't say, for God so loved his sons and daughters. He could have done that. That would have been easy. And yet what it says is, no, God so loved creation. That word there is cosmos. Cosmos in Greek meant everything, meant all physical reality. And what we see in Jesus is that, yes, he loves us each individually. Yes, God loves his sons and daughters. And yet, his plan for salvation was not about individuals. His plan for salvation was not merely an intellectual idea or a spiritual reality. His plan was for a broken world. And he was looking back to Genesis 1 where he said, and it was very good. And I created mankind in my image. And that image connects them to creation. He says, that's what we're going back to. That's what we're going to work for. That's what it means to be the church. So we've been going through this series called Unleashed. And just talking through, why does church even matter? Why did God decide this is the way I'm going to do it? I'm going to bring people together. It doesn't seem the most effective way. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes we do weird stuff. And yet what we find in Scripture is God had a plan for his people. He had a plan for his community. We've been talking about how God planned for us to be his ambassadors, to be advocates for the weak and for the powerless. And today we're talking about how God planned for his sons and his daughters to be caretakers of the world, of this planet that we find ourselves on. That there is a purpose for this, and it's not merely a spiritual purpose. It is a very physical, tangible, life-giving, and I mean that in the most basic of ways. We caretake life in a garden, with animals, and certainly with each other. And when we look at what is the purpose of creation, the first one is obvious, and yet we forget. It's our home. We literally were built of it and from it, right? Scripture says God created mankind from the earth. And if you are a seven-day creationist or you believe in seven billion years, guess what? It's the same story. We come from the earth. We come from creation. Genesis 2 says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. What we find in Scripture is our home is not somewhere else. Yes, we believe in heaven. But when you read Revelation, what you find is there are new heavens and a new earth, and they come together. And guess where our home is? Earth. We were built for this planet. 
This is our home. And in the same way where when I was renting, my perception of my home changed to when I bought a house, right? When I was renting, oh, spilled wine on the carpet. Well, there goes the deposit, right? That was the end of it. Oh, scuff this up. Not a big deal. It's not mine. When you buy, all of a sudden that, that wine stain, that issue with the water, that garden, your perception changes because now this is my home. I have a certain level of ownership of this, a certain level of responsibility to this because it's mine. It's where I live. And in fact, it's where I'm going to live for a while. This earth, this creation, it's where we were built for. And so as sons and daughters of God, as those who are built in his image, as those who were taken from the ground, we care for our home. We bring the best out of it which then directly ties into the next purpose of creation. Our Father wanted to share responsibility for what he created. We have a creator God who created plants and animals and oceans and rivers and hill country. He says, I built this to share it with you, for it to be your home, but also I built you in my image. He goes, and I want to teach you how to shepherd this creation to be caretakers of this creation, to bring out the best in this creation because that is how you reflect my image. Part of our identity as sons and daughters of God is directly tied to the world that we live in and bringing out the best in it. And the reason why when I pet my cat, even when he's being a little bugger, and I'm still loving on him, there's something inside of me that's actually reflecting God in that moment. And I'm a little bit closer to who he built me to be. And last but not least, what we find in creation is it displays... Oh, sorry, Genesis 2. The Lord God took man, put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Right? And scripture. Number three, creation declares God's glory. I want to guess everyone in this room can kind of know what this looks like. Maybe you see a storm rolling in and you just see lightning striking everywhere and you're sitting on your front porch and you're like, wow, that is power. Or you've seen a sunset and you're up on a mountaintop on a bluff and you're like, that, someone created that. And you get a little taste for the artist, the heart of who God is. I got a text message literally this morning from Pastor Pete over at Lakeway, and he, his house overlooks a bluff, and the sun was coming up, and he just said, this is the day the Lord has made, and had a picture underneath it. Because creation declares God's glory. It's all over the Psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. There is no speech. They have no words. No sound goes out for them. Yet their voice goes to all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens. We find in Scripture is that creation shows the heart of who our God is. It shows his artistic ability, his strength, his insight. We have a God who makes beautiful things, who specializes in making beautiful things. And one of the tensions that we have in the church 
certainly in modern Christianity, is we sometimes think, so we see creation, and that's the gospel. Creation is the gospel, and it's not. Jesus, the Lagos coming to earth, putting on flesh, taking broken people out of their separation, connecting them to God, connecting them to each other, that's the gospel. That's the heartbeat of what makes the church the church. But here's the trick, though. The gospel is not the point. It's not your purpose. The gospel is how we get to our purpose. And our purpose is creation. Our purpose is caretaking what God has built, bringing out the best in the world, bringing out the best in gardens and in animals and each other. And in that, the heartbeat of the gospel, forgiveness of sins, connection to God, we then are alive to reflect the image of God, to go back to Genesis 1, to be able to care for, to raise up, to protect and steward God's creation. So as Christians, it's not, are we Christians or caretakers? No, it's Christians as caretakers. Because our God built this planet. Our God came up with the idea of birds and of plants and of cats. And he gives them to us. He says, now I want you to take care of them. And so as we wrap up the series of Unleashed, at least on the intellectual side, what I want you guys to take today is that God built this planet for you. This is your home. And you reflect his image and share his glory when we take care of it, when we provide for it, when we bring out the best in it. Because that's what we were built to do. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you humbled for our home, humbled for the responsibility, and certainly humbled by your glory that we see in creation. And yet we come before you in confession, Lord, that we're going to be honest that all too often we go back to Genesis 3, Lord, in our own selfishness, our own laziness, breaks down your creation. It breaks down our relationships with each other. Lord, our sin breaks down our relationship with you. Lord, we come boldly asking for forgiveness. Boldly asking for the divine that showed up in flesh and said, not only do I forgive you, but I am going to send you out as change agents and caretakers for this beautiful world that we get to live in. Lord, we say this all in our son's precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.